Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast uh, in its quite familiar day slot now of a Tuesday. Do you remember at the start of the season when we said Mondays? Uh, it's fast moving into Tuesdays, people. So uh, apologies if you missed us yesterday, but we are recording on Tuesday, the 5th of December. And we being myself and Jeremy Smith. Jess, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, a little bit milder in the UK um, where we are. Hopefully the same for you. So I didn't I didn't fancy that little brief bit of snow we got last week. Not keen on that at all. So <laughs> we take what we can get. Um, Phil is not with us this evening because she's poorly. So get well soon, Phil. Hopefully nothing more than a cold. But you know what it's like. The last thing you want to be doing is a podcast when you're all snuffly. So get well soon. To Phil. So Jez and I are just going to jump straight in. Um, before we go into the weekend's Liga action uh, on and off the pitch, because there's been quite a lot going on, uh, we wanted to give a nod to France's draw for the Euros, Jez, because we know, we, well, we know th- uh, two of the opponents, um, potentially going to be three. So it's France, the Netherlands, and Austria, and then one of Wales. And please refresh my memory in the playoffs. Well, it's one of four teams, I think. Oh, Wales, is it? Maybe Poland, maybe Finland. Maybe oh, is it? Is it one of those where Estonia, one team wins? Something like that. <laughs> Sounds about right. I know Wales is one of them. Is is it a two pronged um, qualifying for the qualifiers? Yeah, then is it? So. Okay, cool. So we know we know Austria and Netherlands. Um, it could have been easier, couldn't it? As I look across uh, England's group, uh, it, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not straightforward, is it? I did chuckle when a lot of people said, "Oh, England, be, that's uh, a tough group there." But England, who, according to Gareth Southgate, came out of the hardest qualifying group. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, being a Maltese lover, I can confirm that that's not the case. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously France. I mean, no, I don't think it's as bad as last time, where you know, at least on paper. It was, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. I think that was tougher. It really depends. I mean, the Netherlands, as we always know, and the same way that people say that about France in major competitions, it really depends which Netherlands turns up. Mm. Um, Obviously, we've had them in this qualifying and we've done well against them. We got the sort of double over them. Yeah. But, you know, they are... They can be a very decent team. They've always got decent players. It's just it just depends how they're sort of playing together. Yeah. Um, Austria, I think, are one of those countries that's sort of gradually improving all the time. Um they've given us a couple of tough matches in the last couple of years in the Nations League. Um I think there was maybe a draw and and France won 2 0. Um they're sort of I mean I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about the depth of the team, but they're they're one of those national teams that certainly have got sort of two or three very world-class players. Mm. Um, like, you know, Alaba, is it Sabitzer? Maybe? Yes, in midfield, yeah. Um, yeah. And for what it's worth, you know, they, they recently outplayed Germany, yeah. which we can kind of scoff at, but then Germany recently outplayed France. So, um, yeah. It's certainly not straightforward. And then, yeah, the, the four teams, I think, are uh, Wales, Finland, Estonia, Poland. Um, again, like all teams that, well, Estonia, I don't know so much, but Finland beat France, I think, relatively yeah. recently. Um, Wales, especially sort of travelling in, in a foreign tournament with the the support that they take with them I think will will always be tough and again sort of a nucleus of very 
talented players. And then Poland in the World Cup, I think they gave France a bit of a test. And and we know, you know, certainly in terms of goal scoring, for example, and, and in defence, they again, they, they've got a very good spine. So nothing straightforward, I think, at all in that group, no. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Austria is definitely a dark horse. And, and the Netherlands, like you said, I mean, my, my one concern with them is they might be a bit more settled by the time this tournament comes around because they were still a little bit all over the shop in the playoffs or the qualifiers. But um, you feel that they'll probably get better over time. So uh, anyway, that is for next. And they've got the best centre-back in the world, of course. Uh, of of course, yes. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to try and think of something witty and like name one of the other ones, but I couldn't remember what the <laughs> centre-backs are. Anywho, uh, let's um, jump into Saliga action then. Shall we start off the pitch? Because we've had two um, firings and I think at time of recording, one hiring with one to follow. Um, we'll start with the less high-profile one, Nolte. Um, Astri, I think that's how we're pronouncing it. Um, the young, I think it was he 34 when he came in in the summer. I think we all sat here and said, oh, that could go one of two ways, along with Farioni at Nice. And um, it's fair to say that Farioni has, has done a lot better because Astri has gone and he's been replaced by a familiar name, Jez. What do you make of Jocelyn Gorvanek once again rearing his head this time uh, at Nantes? Um, I think I've said enough times on, on this podcast, I am a big fan of Gorvanek, um, but... You know, what he did at Gangon was great. What he's done the last couple of jobs, trying to think who now, certainly Lille. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was another one as well. Not so good. Um, So, you know, he's got, this is arguably sort of last chance saloon in the top flight for him. Mm. It's a a club that he knows very well, he used to play for. So, you know, hopefully it's a a good match. And obviously the, the first match, this weekend was was very positive but um i sort of hope it works out for his sake i still think not as a club are a little bit of a mess and i'm not sure that keita necessarily deserves any good things <laughs> but um again i think that there's some talented players there that underperform i think to be fair aristoy got some good results from them at the start of the season i think they they sort of started the season better than i thought they would do but yeah things have, have fallen off a little bit. I'm still a little bit surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because it's the Keaters, but <laughs> the time, I, I was surprised at him going, but I agree with you when it, when you realise it's it's Keita, you do think, well, am I surprised? But yeah, it, it caught me unawares because they've been a bit patchy recently, but like you said, that start of the season, they were pretty, de- they're pretty decent, weren't they really? I thought. Yeah, I'm just looking. I mean, they lost their first two, but then, um, you know, and on a really good run of, I'm, um, well, one defeat in seven. Most of those were wins. Um, but yeah, recent times, not so good. They hadn't won before this weekend. They hadn't won since uh, October. Wow, but, you know, it's, it's not. I think it is a mid-table team. I don't think there's any massive stars there. I think, you know, what what really can you expect from them? You mm. know, their first choice goalkeeper has been injured for a bit of the season. I... Yeah, I, I think that I think he probably deserved, you know, depending on what was happening behind the scenes, whether he'd lost the changing room or that kind of thing. I, but you never, we don't really hear of anything like that. I think it's a bit harsh that he's been he's been got rid of. Yeah. So yeah, I don't necessarily, I don't wish them ill, but I don't necessarily want to see them <laughs> shooting up the table. But I do like Gouvernex, so I hope that 
he has some sort of moderate success there. Yeah, it sort of strikes you as one of those situations where it's like the 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 project didn't quite work. We're heading towards Christmas. Let's get somebody with a bit more experience in to make sure we don't go too far down the other way type of appointment, doesn't it? It's one of those. Um, but yeah, we'll, we shall see what happens. We will touch on uh, not Nice a little bit later on for some slightly unfortunate reasons, which we'll come back to in a second. Um, the other firing slash, well, at time recording anyway, as far as I know, there hasn't been a hiring, but certainly has been some uh, movement. And that's Olympic Lyonnais. Colour me shocked. Um, Fabio Grosso lasted, what, just over two months? Um, he leaves with a, a bump on the head, quite literally, um, <laughs> as that game is going to be replayed tomorrow between Marseille and Lyon. Uh, fair to say it didn't work, did it? What what next for Lyon? I saw they had um, two visiting... Uh, David Frio was one of them, and I forget who the other person was. Some uh, One of the famous pro, uh, previous players at the training ground today. And there's some nice Instagram pictures of all the teams sitting around looking rather awkward as these two uh, former players um, try to rouse the troops. What's the latest that you've heard about who's going to come in to replace them? I mean, is John Texter sort of readying his managerial gloves? <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised, would you? Yeah, you know, the last I heard was that the interim boss who... who um you know, was on the bench against Lens. And and to be fair, they they looked a little bit better, I thought, in that match than than they have done for most of the season. Is that um, Sa- is it Sarge? Is that pronounced? Is it pronounced Sarge? Well, Sarge, I think. Sarge, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he might stay there a little bit longer. Mm. But I, I, you've got to think that unless he does an amazing job while he's there, that they're going to bring someone in. Um I think what could be the holdup is again now that the rumours are more about whether Janinho is going to come in again as some kind of director of football, mm. which you know there are people that feel he did a good job that was maybe underappreciated. I for me he brought in Silvino and quite a few average Brazilians, and I'm not saying that's where the rot started, but certainly it improved <laughs> things. So I don't entirely understand the reasoning behind bringing him back. Except that, you know, it's maybe just to sort of play to the crowd by bringing the favourite back. But again, they did that last time. It didn't work. So, uh, you know, I'm still not hopeful of anything. Any coach, I mean, you know, it's attractive. On in, on paper, from a French football point of view, you'll probably get a nice salary. But at the very least, you'll get a nice payoff when it goes yeah. wrong. But it's a mess. You'd have thought anyone who's half decent is either in a job or holding out for a better looking job. So it's not a great situation. And and for Grosso, I kind of, I'm taught, I think we spoke about it last week and we said we didn't think they'd get rid of him. Yeah. But um, I, to me, he, despite what he did at Frosinone, it seemed that he just absolutely wasn't up to it, but maybe it's just, it's not fair to judge him on Lyon because everything through the club is so rotten and and you know people were struggling before him so it's not necessarily you know it is his fault to an extent that he wasn't able to turn things around but maybe much better more experienced coaches than him wouldn't have been able to either so yeah um, yeah I feel a little sorry for him but then I remember he scored 
the winning penalty against France in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, we, we, and, you... and dived for the penalty against Australia that possibly oh God, yeah. they could have been knocked out if they'd not got that penalty. That's that's a memory bank you've got there. That, those wounds cut deep. If if you were John Texas, don't ask me to remember anything positive. <laughs> no, no. If you were John Texter, um, heaven forbid. Although you would be a very rich man, and I would be borrowing quite a lot of money by now. Um, but if you were, would you like? Who would you lo- be looking to? Re- regardless, let's just say Janino is or isn't in it. You know, irrelevant um, in terms of that. If you had your choice, would you be going for? you know, somebody with experience who can just literally keep them up, which sounds ridiculous, but the longer the season goes, they lost to Lance, who finished with 10 men. They lost a the game 3-2, um, double from uh, Jake O'Brien, who's becoming the goal scorer there. Um, Said Frankowski, uh, Frankowski double, I should say, got the, the winner in the end. But ultimately, as you said, there was improvements, there was spirit, there was heart, but they still lost. We're, what, two weeks away from the break? I mean... <laughs> Well, yeah, getting... their top scorer, as we said last week, is a defender who wasn't even supposed to be in the first. In the squad, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, um, there is, there is and not, to be fair to them, I thought there was no way on earth that was a penalty. No, I didn't need that. I, I mean, they're the type that are given all the time now. I thought it was a disgraceful decision, though. Yeah, yeah. That that said, I thought Lons probably did enough to win the game. So, yeah, I do agree with you there. But, I mean, what, what, what would you go for? Because th- they are... Well, we joked about it kind of last week and for a few weeks, but we, we are on the verge of a very serious Bordeaux-St Etienne situation here with arguably France's biggest club. I mean, it it is getting to that point where they've got to make a decision that's the right one because we can't be sat here again in mid-February, March with them just losing narrowly three or four more games and needing another manager. So this has got to be a right appointment. Where, where would I don't you know if you saw to... the news today as well that... If they scrape the play the relegation playoff place mm. rather than relegation, they probably wouldn't be able to play one of the legs at home because Taylor Swift is playing concert <laughs> in the stadium. God. And you don't mess with the Swifties, by the way. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. I mean um, that, I think that's... you know, all the stuff that Text has been coming out with is no, 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 I'm not worried about relegation at all, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I don't know if that's just putting a brave face on it for the media, mm. but he has to realise, and hopefully other people in the club have to realise, they absolutely are in a relegation struggle now. Um, yeah. You know, anyone else who's been in their position in the past, pretty much without fail, has been relegated. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he has to... There's no point, you know, think short term if need be, just think as far as the summer. But there's no point in thinking about stellar names who are going to put Lyon back where they belong they need now someone who is going to keep them up and I'm sort of 99% joking they need a Neil Warnock effectively <laughs> no, I agree yeah, um, yeah. or a, yeah, a French version of Neil Warnock Alain Pardieu <laughs> yeah I mean maybe Antonetti maybe persuade Jean-Louis Gasset I know there's mm. those Saint-Étienne connections so maybe not ideal but maybe persuade him to to you know for one last job or something like that but (laughs) they need someone who just for this season can kind of you know go all joe royal dogs of war don't care how we do it doesn't matter how ugly it is we stay up and then we regroup in the summer but Mm. i'm not sure that he's got enough of a football brain um to do that to make the right choice and again juninho 
is obviously a football man so I'm sure he'll understand all of that to a point but mm. also you know his experience of Lyon has all been at the top of the table this is new to him as well yeah that that's that's the key thing for me it's like that if you look at that squad I know I went through last week and said uh, I had my doubts over how just how talented it is but there's enough there to to get points on the board quote unquote but it's got to be under the right coach and I mean you know that game in Marseille tomorrow I mean that's tough straight away on paper and you just wonder what the next move is um we will of course keep you posted when we know more um and we'll be able to see where that goes shall we talk about Marseille actually because that seems like a nice segue um they much to your delight I'm sure uh Brighton got got through uh, last week in, in Europe and Marseille joined them it's now a playoff basically between those two on the final day to see who goes through uh, they made hard work of it against Ajax, eventually coming out. Was it 3-2? When I think it was 3-2 in the end. And then they returned to league action at the weekend and they beat Ren by two goals to nil, both sides ending up with 10 men. Um, and Dai was sent off for Marseille after Christopher Wu was... I'm not going to say it's harsh because it is a poor challenge, but it just... I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've seen them given, shall we say. But Aubameyang's penalty and Unahi's... Sumptuous strike ended up with the points for Marseille. Are they turning a corner under Gattuso? I mean, I didn't think Ren were very good in this game. It's, it's yet another Sunday night game that I sat down going, this might be a good game. And it was just not very good at all. And poor old Martin Terrier looks very rusty. And Ren under Stefan just didn't offer a lot. But am I being too harsh on Marseille? Because they were pretty good in that win in Europe. It is showing signs of, dare I yeah, say, I mean, stability. Arguably, it's sort of only two matches, but over those two matches, which on paper are against two very decent teams, mm. um, they they impressed. They scored goals. Okay, obviously the the Ajax won their defense. They still conceded three, but um, they showed character. I think you know the Ajax won. Did they go ahead three times or pegged back three times and then still? found the resources or whatever the word is to, to find a winner yeah. and then Ren yeah they're struggling this season but they're coming off the back of a win it's still in theory the the coach's honeymoon period Terrier scored for them on Thursday so um you know he he's sort of gradually getting getting there yeah um so that I think Although they're not vintage Ajax and vintage Ren, they're two tough tests and they passed them. That's all you can ask. And they didn't exactly scrape them. You know, I think they did deserve to be Ajax on the balance of play and they certainly deserve to be Ren. And for what it's worth, Aubameyang, who is a goal scorer, he is way past his best. But, you know, like a lot of goal scorers, he's the kind of player who sort of thrives on confidence and could now kind of go on a good goal-scoring run. So what's that, a hat-trick against Ajax? What? Okay, it was a penalty against Ren. Yeah. Going to be sort of positive moving forward. So can I just ask you really quickly about him in particular? Because he was he was very, uh, being an Arsenal fan, I've seen this Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang before. He was very, his celebrations against Ajax, very much looking towards the crowd, shrugging his shoulders, looking moody, especially after the bicycle kick. There was hardly any celebration. It was all because he's been getting some stick, rightly so, I think, because he's not been playing well. It, is this the the catalyst now? Because, as you said, he is past his best, but 
in in this Marseille side, he should be getting what fifteen goals a season, realistically, maybe more. Is that the key now? Because Marseille, we've we've said for how many years they need a goal scorer. If if he is that that man, if if they've awakened the moody side of Aubameyang, might they get the best out of him? Is that is that what is key? Because Saran and Dai are still flattering to deceive. Vitinha, we don't really know. So I mean, is that the key for for Gattuso to get him fired up? It helps. I mean. Th- the goalkeeper aside, I still think they've got a decent enough defence. And so if they can take keep things tighter at the back, then they don't need to score that many goals. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything because Jao Pedro's Europa League's top scorer and all but one of them have been penalties. But, you know, of those four goals, Aubameyang scored across four days or whatever. Three of them were penalties. So, yeah, OK, you've got to score them, but it's not, it's not necessarily a striker sort of at the top of his game. It's a striker who can kick a a dead ball from eight yards or whatever it is. So, um, again, maybe shouldn't read too much just into these two matches, but we've given him so much stick for barely scoring all season. We should give him credit for scoring four in four days this week. And, And I still, you know, I don't think he's close enough to the top of his game that you can sort of rely on him alone for the rest of the season to come up with all your goals but if he can if he can sort of um I think of the phrase um you know come up with his share and get a few from others and I think not so much in DI or Vitinho or Correa but Sars looked a little better the last couple of games as well yeah. um you know they they are talented players and um even if they can show it in sparks that might that might be enough, certainly for Marseille to kind of push up the table, maybe have a bit of a run in Europe. And um again, I think a lot depends on the expectations within the club and with the fans. Um yeah. it seems like Gattuso still has mostly the support of the fans. And maybe the poor start to the season kind of helps in that expectations are dampened. But it's hard because Marseille should be always aspiring to be near the top and challenging, if not for first place, at least for Europe and maybe Cups. But on, their squad isn't really, I don't think, on paper necessarily good enough to do that. No, 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 I tend to agree. Um, should we do a quick uh, European roundup before we come on to, so we are going to talk some PSG just to talk a little bit about some of the other results in Europe. I, I think I'm right in saying Lille are through now, I believe. I might be wrong, but I've got a feeling that everyone except Lens and PSG are through. I think you're right. I'm just checking now. Lille, yes, Lille are through. So that Lille, um, with their win last week over Lujbat, that's the one thank you um cabela and yazichi with the goals and that means Lille are top of group a on 11 points one point clear of slava and bratislava but they're acres clear of the other two so they will go through it's just in what order um and then you've got uh scrolls down scrolls down scrolls in fact that's the only europa conference team isn't it so then we've got ren in the Europa League. Um struggling to find my results here. But there we go. So Ren beat Maccabi Haifa 3-0, which I must admit I, I was quite not surprised about as such, but good result that for them. 
Um, well, that, you know, Haifa have got other things to think about. And that's very true. Are playing on neutral ground. Yeah, very true. Very true. So maybe you can't take it sort of too seriously. But uh, as you said, Terrier did get on the score sheet, as did Amingwiri and Rida. And that means that they're top of their group on 12 points. Um, three points clear of VRL. So again, they will finish top if they avoid defeat in the final game. Although VRL have got that game with Haifa, with uh, Panathinaikos. I think it's tonight. Randomly, sort of been rearranged that game. Um, and then the only other team that leaves is Toulouse. So Toulouse can actually still. They just need a point from their final game to go through in second place behind Liverpool. That's quite an achievement, but it comes with its own problems because of their league form. Um, but they drew nil nil with uh, all Union Saint Gilois. Uh, last week. So, yeah, if they avoid defeat in their final game, which I believe is against Lask, I think, checks notes. So, yes, yeah, that's indeed. the thing. They've got Lasks, USG have got Liverpool. So, Liverpool, you would yeah. think that Toulouse will do what they need to do to get through, but yeah, never know. But that I think that's impressive to come out of that group. Obviously, you'd expect Liverpool to win it, but uh, Saint-Gilois top of top of the Belgian league and, and mm. um doing their usual, you know, adjusting to losing a couple of important players at the start of the season, but you know, still doing well. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. It's It's been a, a positive in terms of French clubs in Europe. Shall we touch on PSG at this particular point in time um, before we come back to um, back to home, shall we say? Um, what what What's your thoughts in terms of both, well, I mean, home and abroad, but in Europe in, in particular, because they've they made it hard for themselves, didn't they? I think we both said Newcastle would, you know, we thought they'd beat Newcastle. They're under strength, etc., and so on. Um, I'm I not, did. Okay. First of all, I'm not interested in the under strength bullshit. No, it's I Newcastle, agree. Saudi Arabia, if they're under strength, tough luck for not. I mean, the same as we said about PSG before. Yeah. Tough luck for not building a better squad. I'm not interested in. Oh, but they only had a 17 year old in midfield. PSG struggled because they were missing their 17 year old in midfield. So age is completely irrelevant. Yeah, I completely agree. And and what did you make of? Um, I'm going to stoke the fires here. <laughs> what did you make of this this pity party that we had in the UK about how unlucky yeah. Newcastle were? I mean, PSG on another day, albeit your friend of mine Dembele was quite wasteful. Um, you know, Mbappe was quite wasteful at times. But on another day, they put five or six past Newcastle, don't they? And that penalty, I'm not going to sit here and say it was because I I think it was a poor decision. But I thought the one earlier was it Anthony Gordon shoves. Yeah. That was a pen. So I'm not having this poor, unlucky Newcastle. They literally had 0% possession. They were in their own half the whole game. Can we give PSG a bit of credit on this particular occasion is what I'm asking, I guess. If I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be gutted, fuming, all the rest of it. But, yeah, I mean, first of all, your goal is handed on a plate to you by Donna Ramo, who's just horrific at the moment. Yeah, agreed. Um I mean, well, to be fair, he's coming up with good saves as well, but generally them in. not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just stupid decisions constantly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, PSG were like 4.4 expected goals or something like that. And the yeah. bottom line is you've got to score them. So it doesn't matter if your expected goals is 10, you know, whether it's because of good defending or bad finishing, if you don't score them, you don't deserve to win the game. So you can take that that angle or you can say PSG dominated and Newcastle sort of asked for it by dropping further and further back and inviting PSG on. Yeah. And remember, it's not like PSG haven't had disgraceful 
penalty decisions go against them in Champions League. Not that that helps Newcastle, but um, you know PSG can sort of think back to that Man United match and say, well, tough luck. It's just karma evening out. I look again. If I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be furious about that handball. Although I have seen people say, you know, rightly or wrongly, in Europe, they are given or they can be given, and it's not such an outrageous decision. And I've even seen some people say, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, the VAR guy was stood down, so that proves it was a bad decision. I've seen a couple of people speculate the VAR guy was stood down because he didn't give the earlier decisions. That's fine. But as yeah. you said, yeah, I think the foul on Hakimi, he went down very easily, but it was a foul. Yeah. And arguably the other handball was, I thought, a clearer handball than that one. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, look, obviously I'm biased, but I, yeah, I don't think Newcastle were particularly hard done by across the, you know, the whole game. In terms yeah. of play or decisions, yeah. um, it was just very one-eyed English coverage as usual. How do you feel? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know if it's okay to say this on the podcast, but I did say one, see one tweet saying, you know, the penalty was given against Newcastle and Jamal Khashoggi was killed and cut into little pieces. Sometimes life's not fair. <laughs> Yikes. You can say it because it is just facts, but uh, <laughs> that really brings it home, doesn't it? How how do you, I don't know if I've ever asked this before, but... It's a question I get asked a lot um, for my sort of interest in French football. And people say, oh, how can you support PSG? Can I show one more thing quickly as well? Hmm. Newcastle was stupid because this PSG team is so get at They shouldn't have just sat and tried to defend their 1-0 lead. Hmm. No, I agree. Uh, no, no, I agree. I just wondered, like, let's just say PSG do get through and it is all to play for on the final day because I think... I think there's a there's a collection of results that could see any of the four still get through, I believe. But let's just say they do get through. Do you see it as like do, do you want PSG to progress? Does it does it benefit French football or does it just just give us more questions? Because I mean, I'm as bored as you are listening to people say, "Oh, it's PSG, they'll bottle it." Um, but I mean, if let's say they did get all the way or they did get to the final, they did heaven forbid win it. Like, does that benefit? French football and does is that something that you're actively cheering for, quote unquote? Um it's something that I'm I'm always struggling with. Like within Liga, they're the they're the big baddies. And I mean, to be honest, within Europe, along with a couple of other teams, including Newcastle, there's so much about them that's very, very distasteful. Mm. But as a French team, I sort of feel obliged to support them, certainly for sort of coefficient purposes for the purposes of seeing players like Mbappe, like Zaire Emery do well on the sort of continental or international whatever stage. Yeah. Um and frankly, you know, to French League says it's sort of one of the top five leagues. They've only ever won two European trophies and one of them was a little bit dodgy. So yeah. um you know in comparison with a hell of a lot of other leagues, that's a terrible return and so you know even if it's just for the record books to show that a French team has won something in Europe I want them to do well we know perfectly well that unlike with City if PSG were to win it there would be asterisks all over the place yeah but yeah but Mm -hmm. um but let's sort of 
cross that bridge if we ever come to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever you think of PSG, they've got to find consistency first. And they they found consistent or they have found consistency in Ligue 1. But you mentioned Gianluigi Donnarumma. Um, he didn't help the cause at the weekend. They got a 2-0 win over, over Lars. Uh, Donnarumma was sent off inside 10 minutes, um, which threw a bit of a spell in the works, I think it's fair to say. Um Kylian Mbappe got the opener and Vitinha with a deflected last-minute goal um, secured the points. What did you make of the Donnarumma situation? Um, it was, how do I put it? It was, uh, he was he was basically forced out of his penalty area, but you know, he didn't make the clearance, took out the opposition. Uh, I think it was, I think it was, um, was it Tenas came on? It was Tenas that came on because Navas wasn't on the bench for whatever reason, if he's injured. Um and and love kind of you know they huffed and puffed but they ultimately didn't have the quality. Is is the bigger story Donnarumma or just the fact that PSG are sort of moving into that ominous we're just now going to win every game this side of Christmas and beyond phase? Um, I think huffed and puffed is harsh. I think love were... I think they're twenty two shots on goal and yeah, harsh, I thought it was superb. I know like there's been a lot of fuss about Albon Lafont performance this weekend but I thought actually most of his saves were pretty run-of-the-mill saves whereas Tenas I thought made a handful of excellent saves which you have to wonder whether Donnarumma would have been capable of making so and as you said you know a brilliant dare I say Evan Ferguson-esque finish from Mbappe and a lucky last minute deflection I think the score was very very flattering to PSG Mm. so you could look at it one way and say, well, this is ominous because they're even when they're not playing well and don't deserve a win, they win. Yeah. Or you can say they were very lucky to get that win and so there's still issues there. Yeah. 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 You you are actually right, in fairness. Um, I'm being a little bit harsh on the on um love, because when I say huffed and puffed, I suppose the better phrase would have been is they just lack that finishing touch, they lack that quality. But as you rightly said, Tennis did pull off. At least three. Mbappe, a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could have said they're not alone in that one. But um, yeah, good, good result for for PSG. And um, just looking around the league, actually, let's just touch on that non-lease game because there was. But, but, a... I mean, so joking apart, Donnarumma is becoming a real liability. No, I, I agree. Is there a way back for Navas? Because they've got a bit of an Arsenal situation going on there, haven't they? Because. Surely Navas is going to want to move on if this carries on because he's going to want to play. He's getting up there in age. I but... don't understand why he's still there. I mean, no, to I me, don't. He would still, I still think he's better than most keepers. I think by all accounts, he did very well at Forest last year. Yeah. I don't Newcastle... really understand. Newcastle on loan in January. Maybe Nick Pope's injured now. So perhaps he could go to Arsenal. We could collect all three goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, is there an argument that he could go to a club like a Newcastle? I mean, David De Gea is still a free agent as well. He's being linked with people. So, I mean, it, you, you do want, there's there's, a, there's enough there's enough teams in Europe that would want a, a goalkeeper of the calibre of Navas, surely. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, Man United. Yeah, there's a lot of te- top teams that could do, do with Chelsea? him. Chelsea? Chelsea even? I mean, you know, Robert Sanchez better than I do, but I don't think he's top, top tier, is he really? So... Mm. Interesting, yeah. Okay, um, let's touch on the unsavoury events of uh, not one Nice nil. So as you say, on the pitch, um, very good start for for Gubernek, the winner from Florin Molle. He's he's still there, bless him. Uh, nice is a nice move as well. I know it was sort of no, tapping after a, a save from the keeper, but it was a really lovely move. 
Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I, I do like Mane, it's one of my favourites. Um, but yeah, good start for Govanek and first defeat of the season for Nice, who are maybe slipping away, potentially, we shall see. But it was the off-the-pitch news, wasn't it? Um, bring us up to speed on what we know. Um, yeah, I mean, just quickly on the on the result. I mean, it was the first time Nice have fallen behind. It's the fifth goal they've conceded this season. I think, you know, it happens. Like we said, Lafont had a very good game. So on the balance of play, it's arguable whether or not deserved the win or whether Nice deserved to lose. But um, now we need to see sort of how they bounce back from kind of their first blow or whatever or question you know question mark of the season mm. um i think as you said last week as you sort of go eight matches or whatever without conceding you become more obsessed with that than the results so it might be a good thing in the long run if it means that they sort of become a bit more expansive and and concentrate on three points at a time rather than uh you know just keeping clean sheets yeah. Although obviously that one follows from the other anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely helps. Yeah. Off the pitch, from what I understand, um there was there was a sort of troop of chauffeurs kind of taking um a few Nice fans to the ground. Mm. And they were, it seems possibly ambushed by some of the the non-ultras I think one or two of them were even sort of forced to turn back and then I don't know exactly the details of it but basically one of the fans was stabbed by one of the chauffeurs and uh, later died of his injuries it's pretty horrific isn't it Um, yeah it it just comes down to that everyone should be free and safe to go to a football match doesn't it that's the ultimate situation on that um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, absolutely not, I guess I am speculating. You know, I don't know any of the details. Not many details have come out. It's obviously, you know, now subject of a police investigation. Yeah. But you do wonder why a load of ultras are ambushing sort of private cars on their way to the grounds. Mm. And I'm obviously absolutely not saying he deserved what happened, but... Uh, it makes you Why wonder was that happening in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder if there was a, an element of uh, information between parties as to where people might be and when kind of situation. It's it's uh, it's sadly a dark side of of the game that does continue. And and obviously our thoughts with those who suffered that loss. Let's go back onto the pitch uh, just to sum up the other results. Then um, not a good day for for your boys. Unfortunately, went down to two 0 to Lille. Um, on Sunday, I speak of Mets, of course. Yazici once again scoring Jonathan David also from the penalty spot. We mentioned um, Leo last week, so I don't want to go too deep, but continuing to impress, aren't they? I mean, that's up, they're up to four. Well, they stay in fourth, but they're, they've closed the gap on Monaco to just a point now. Uh, they're on a bit of a run, aren't they? And um, Mets themselves have been in decent form, so decent little result that for, for, uh, for Leo. Yeah, except the only thing I would say is that Chevalier saved two mess penalties. Yeah, I, um, I did get over that to be fair. So it could have gone differently. So for that reason, I'm sort of not devastated because you know we could very easily have, have made it much tougher away to one of the top teams. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, Lil Lil did well. Another challenging match. Another challenging, uh, another positive result. And I think you've sort of said they're quietly moving up the table. They're 
yeah, there seems to be a lot less fuss about them than all the others around them. Mm. And, you know, there's sort of bling bling of PSG and um, Monaco and teams like that. But yeah, they're quietly doing very well. They've also got a very tight defence, I think. And yeah, um, it's quite yeah, a light. As a sort of last line of defense, he's he can be relied on, unlike other keepers we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, man of the match, of course, for those two spot kick denials. But yeah, yeah, they, they are. Um, I think what I'm impressed with with them in particular is that I think we mentioned it last week, that ability to balance Europe and domestic, because that's not easy. So uh yeah. I think they've been slightly lucky in Europe. I don't think they've been playing well at all. I think they had a nil-nil draw against a team from the Faroe Islands. Oh yeah. It wasn't a tough group and they made it tough. Yeah. They've got through. Yeah. Which ultimately is is the uh the bottom line, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, no, you you are right to point that out. Um elsewhere, Clermont's troubles go on. They lost three nil away to Brest, De Castillo, Pierre La Pierre Lage, and De Castillo is second. Um, one from the spot, I should add. Um Clermont, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say they are in for a, a tough winter, but a decent result for Brest to continue to stay up the right end of the table, as do Monaco. They won two nil against Montpellier. That's why Phil's not here, I reckon. Um, Mina Mino with the opener and Ben Yedda with the 90 plus one. So kind of break away to finish the game off. The um, the battle at the bottom, um, I'm more than happy to take a point here. Toulouse won Lorient one. Uh, Toulouse took the lead late on through Tice de Linga or 72 minutes. Even later on, Bamba Dieng, remember him? Um, popped up with a 91st minute equaliser to save a point for Lorient. Much needed because a defeat would have been horrendous. So I don't really want to even think about that. And uh, the only other result missing is um, Rouse, who beat Strasbourg by two goals to one, uh, Richardson and uh, Dramey, with the goals for Rouse, Kevin Gamero still going uh, with a penalty back for Strasbourg. I just want to quickly mention this game because your friend and, and mine, Adam Burgo, messaged me on, uh, I think it was Friday night, and he's like, Strasbourg are a hard watch. That was literally his text to me. They um, Is there a little bit of discussion about what's going on there? Because... I had to double take at the table, but with Lorient's point, I was like, right, can we close the gap on Toulouse or Montpellier? And then suddenly I went, oh, hang on a minute. What is Strasbourg doing down in 15th place? Only 13 points. Bit of pressure coming under Patrick Vieira, do you think? Just purely based on who the ownership of that club is, etc. and so on? Yeah, I mean, again, 13 points is only sort of three points away from supposed mid-table safety. So, yeah. Um, it's hard to even sort of almost halfway through the season it still feels like almost like an early season table where everything is so tight in the middle of it but yeah uh, I don't think it's a vintage Strasbourg squad they're still relying on Gamero to, to kind of score important goals for them but because of that whole Chelsea connection, I mean, it can go either way. We talked about Trois and how much they're struggling when you, you know, compared to, say, Girona in Spain as all part of the City group. It feels like it depends who Chelsea deem to be their proper feeder club or who they're just going to dump their rejects on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it seem, seems almost like Strasbourg put a lot of eggs in the Chelsea will sign Wahi and then sign him back to Strasbourg against his will basket. Yeah. Um I you know, 
it pains me to say it. I'm sure it pains you even more, but with the best will in the world, I'm just not very sure that Vieira is a great manager. <laughs> I don't think that helps. No, I, I I think you're right, to be fair. And I, I would like to see him succeed for obvious reasons. But yeah, I do think that there's still a way to go. Um, I feel like in a weird way, he should have stayed in MLS for another season. That was where he seemed to be crafting his trade and see that opportunity if Nice came up and he couldn't really turn it down. But yeah, yeah, I do tend to, uh, tend to agree with you there. Uh, just before we wrap up, unless you've got anything else you wanted to mention, because we had a lot at the start of the show and I've completely forgotten whether we had anything else to mention, but... If you didn't, um, we can run through the fixtures for next week. Anything else? The only other thing, very quickly, I'm not going to sort of go into huge detail about it, is that the, we, you know, the other sort of subplot of, not a subplot of non niece, but the other sort of niece story that's in the news at the moment is that. Um, oh, the Galtier. Gal- sorry, Galtier's yeah. sort of trial is coming up. I don't mm. know if trial is the right word, but um, his appearance in front of whatever court or tribunal um, to do with all those sort of rumors of of racism mm. at nice that's coming up soon and lecky published a big sort of expose today which i was i was really surprised that was sort of allowed yeah i, th- I thought that reading the quotes yeah um what of, was said just out of interest for for those of our listeners who won't have known what was said there what, what was the gist of what was going there's on there's various different things and a lot of it is obviously you know one word against another um mm. with you know, some some being backed up by some people, some being backed up by the other, you know, insinuations that, well, they would say that, wouldn't they? They're friends of his or friends of his and that kind of thing. Mm. And there's... Uh, there, I mean, there's various different things. Like one, one of them is um, that he was heard referring to Saint-Étienne's two uh big center backs as the king kongs which is mm. pretty distasteful then sort of lots of things to do with uh you know complaining that nice have too many black and north african players in their team and that doesn't reflect the city in again i'm not not in his defense but the way it was written in lecky it was more that he was kind of saying this is what people have been coming up to me in restaurants and saying so he yeah um, lots of sort of concerns about players fasting during Ramadan. Um, again, I don't want to get myself into trouble, but I sort of understand why a coach would be concerned about that. Um, yeah. Maybe more worrying is, you know, players like Tadebo saying that he sort of tried to... Uh, put pressure on me to break the fast which i i don't know anything about ramadan i know like some players would do some wouldn't i don't know if it's according to sort of different strands of the religion or depending on how religious you are um Mm. you know he said like for example that the muslim players that he had at at lille who have spoken in his defense he never had any issues with them so yeah lots of kind of accusations and pleading of innocence and all that kind of thing it's all just very distasteful and at the heart of it a lot of it does seem like it comes down to a big battle of egos between um Gautier and Fournier at Nice yeah 
I don't know if anything can or should be read into the fact that he's now working in a, I think, a Muslim country as a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, that that might be a variation on some of my best friends are, so maybe you shouldn't read too much into that. But um, yeah. I don't know, like, hopefully the, the court will come to a decision and make the right decision. But um, it's a shame because I... I do think he's a good coach. And if the nastier elements turn out to be true, then it's very disappointing. Yeah. 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 I tend to agree. I, I do I do just want to. But sorry. I just want to say one thing also. Like, sorry, sorry for interrupting. The no, one no, thing no. is that he apparently, allegedly, although there's no sort of evidence of this list, drew up a list of players that he didn't want for the following season. And I think Fournier or someone claims that they were all. Uh, Muslim players um, mm. I would say that you know Atal was on that list and first of all you could very easily say it's because he's extremely injury prone and he's a liability in any squad but secondly uh, he's now serving a massive suspension for posting stuff on his Instagram basically sort of uh, calling for a black day where all Jews are killed so yeah, um, you know, arguably in retrospect, at least in that case, if it is true, then Gautier maybe was proven correct to have his doubts about him. Yeah, smoke, fire, etc., and so on. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I just wanted to, um, back you in terms of the, the, the Ramadan thing. Um, like you, don't want to get myself into trouble, and I'm not going to pretend I know all the ins and outs, but. I just feel that as a coach of a football team, you shouldn't be pilloried, essentially, if you choose to sign players who are available at certain times. You you know, you don't see um, managers of top clubs in Europe being sort of slandered because they don't sign African players who they know are going to go to the African Nations Cup, for example. So I, I, do, I do think there is an element of at least discussion on that point um that came up as well i mean i think uh, by all accounts it seemed like he didn't necessarily have a huge say in which players were coming in yeah but if his job is purely to be able to pick the best thing possible in any given week Mm. then he wasn't saying that people shouldn't keep ramadan or anything like that but if he's saying if i've got a squad full of players who either are keeping Ramadan or are going to be missing in January because of the African Cup of Nations, then yeah. it's difficult for me to do my job to the best of my ability. Yeah. yeah. I'm putting in words in both sides' mouths at the moment. But... <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I, and, and of course, you know, we're speculating because we don't know what the findings of this is going to be and we don't know what the actual things were said are. So just from our standpoint, we're just sort of putting our, our viewpoint across, if you will. But yeah. Uh, one thing's for sure, I do agree. I think he's a very good coach. And funny enough, he'd probably do quite a good job at Leon at the moment. <laughs> so, don't think that's ever going to happen, but yeah, just very true, actually. Just chucking that out there. Anywho, uh, speaking of Leon, fixtures upcoming then. So, as you mentioned at the start of the show, Marseille host Leon. As far as I know, there are no fan restrictions or anything like that. Uh, I believe it's just a straightforward we go again tomorrow. Yeah, it's insane. But yeah. It is. It is, isn't it? I'm actually quite gutted. I've got a cinema trip uh, pre-booked, so I'm not going to be able to see this. I'll have to catch it uh, later on in the evening. But yeah, that, that will probably be one worth tuning in for. That's for sure. Um, maybe less so, or maybe so. Who knows? But Brest against Strasbourg, no offence to either club, but um, it doesn't exactly leap off the page. But that's Friday evenings 
entertainment for you at 7.30 UK time. And then on Saturday, you've got uh, just the one game this week, which is Montpellier against Lens. Um, I would hasten to say that uh, Montpellier could probably do with winning that game because they are on a bit of free fall at the moment. Lens, however, going the other way. Um, Sunday, you've got a couple of decent games. You've got Ren against Monaco. Uh, it's a shame that one's a four o'clock game, if I'm honest, but hey-ho. Um, Sorry, what was the one that you said before Montpellier lost? Uh, Brest against Strasbourg on the 7th, which is Friday evening. Okay. Um, did, but I'm did, just confused because I've got the Brest and Strasbourg are playing not each other on the Sunday, so that's a quick turnaround. Oh, okay. Is it on the Sunday? Hang on. Seventh, seventh, yeah, 7th of the... That is Friday, isn't it? Yeah, seventh as well. Okay. Unless, although actually, no, you, you've now you've just you've you've opened Pandora's box here because I've got Strasbourg La Havre. Yeah. On, ooh, I'm not okay. saying they're playing each other. I'm saying if they 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 have got a game in hand to play, I'm just yeah. surprised it's a whatever. It's a hell of a turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm just frantically going to Google as we speak. Um, it is suggesting that Brass Strasbourg is the game on. Ah, Thursday. It's the seventh, right? <laughs> that will be why. It's still quite a turnaround, to be fair, but that's the reason why. So yeah, sorry, sorry, dear listeners. Um, that's there you totally go. Strasbourg win their game in hand, and they're suddenly fine. <laughs> they're suddenly fine. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, Brest Strasbourg is Thursday, not Sunday. My apologies. So um, Montpellier Lens is Friday. I'm all over the shop here. So Montpellier Lens is the Friday evening game. Let's go again. Um, Rennes against Monaco is four o'clock. However, it's on Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, also on Saturday is PSG against Nantes, which is the evening game at 8 p.m. Then on Sunday, we're, we're cooking now, guys. We're cooking. Um, <laughs> on Sunday, it is a 12 p.m. midday game between Nice and House. That might be a decent watch as well, to be fair. Both sides are top end of the table. Clermont hosts Lille in one of the two o'clock games alongside Strasbourg against La Havre, which is pretty big for both, and uh, Metz against Brest. Um, again, they are the 2 p.m. games. And then finally, to round off uh, Sunday afternoon stroke, stroke evening, you've got Lyon against Toulouse, which is massive for both, depending on, well, either way, it's, it's massive for both, but particularly with Lyon. And then uh, Lorient are the evening game at the Moustoir, hosting, who'd have thought, Marseille. Uh, that's a 7.45 game on Sunday uh, December the 10th so yeah apologies for the confusion there um, but yes uh, it's a busy old week for Strasbourg two games in four days so good luck to them on that uh, just before we wrap up very very quickly because um, we do have things to do this evening but I just wanted to give our listeners a quick heads up on Ligue 2 because uh, that is always ongoing and although we don't cover it in too much depth I just wanted to make our listeners aware of where everything is Laval um are currently top of the table they lost what was the gentleman's name who passed recently listening to frank the birth talk very highly of him one of their former players passed recently apologies it's gone out of my head but they did a fitting tribute to him on instagram which was rather lovely um but yeah they're doing him proud at the moment because laval are top of uh, league de 33 points and they are just clear of angers who are mounting a rapid recovery to try and get back to league they're on 31 points uh, speaking of teams on the re- on the return, hopefully in their books anyway, Auxerre, their third, 29 points. And you've got Grenoble, Power FC, Gangon, Saint-Etienne, uh, AUC, Ajaccio and Rode are down to ninth place. And you've got Amiens 10th, Paris FC 11th, Khan, rather disappointingly for them, down in 12th. And also 13th, Concarneau 14th, Bordeaux, yes, Bordeaux, 
15th, so really struggling still to get anywhere back to Liga. Bastia also struggling in 16th. And then down in the relegation zone, Patrick Kisnorba Le Trois, because they fired him last week, 17th, looking at back-to-back relegations. Um, Dunkirk are also down there in 18th. Crivelli Rouen, 19th. And Valenciennes, remember them from Liga days. They are also facing the trap door on just 11 points. Wearing Anthony Knockout. Uh, yeah, yeah, is he still there? Is he still yeah. there? Wow. Uh, I still remember that goal in the uh, in the game. Was it the playoff game? I think it was. Made me a decent sum of money on a good bet that day. Anyway, the one when he kissed the picture of his dad. Was the playoff, wasn't it? No. Any... Say again? No. Was it, was it not the playoff? Oh, no, it's a bank... No, no, the playoff a... one is the one where he dived, won a penalty, missed the penalty, and Watford went out the other end. Oh, of course it was. Um, it, was a, it was a bank was holiday May game. Yeah, it was... Boxing Day, he scored against QPR 3 0. I wasn't allowed to go to that match. I remind my wife about that every three days. <laughs> it's that memory again. All I can remember it for was, as I say, I had a bet on, I can't remember what the bet was, but I just remember um, he made me a fairly decent amount of money that day. So God bless him. Anyway, uh, that'll do us for this week then, Jez. Um, for, for two people who didn't have too much to get through, I think we've filled. A nice gap there. So um, many thanks to you for stepping in uh, for this evening. And um, I imagine we will be back next week, Monday or Tuesday. But uh, thank you again for tonight. And uh, as I say, we extend our best wishes to Phil as she recovers from the the dreaded lurgy. As I say, we should be back next week. Um, It could be Monday, it could be Tuesday, but you know where to find us. Uh, on x or twitter or whatever you want to call it and uh if you have got any questions of course you can always reach out to us should you have any but it's a busy old week for Liga, so um, we'll have a full european preview next week as well as that comes to a conclusion before christmas i think we've only got a couple of rounds to go and then we all have a little break so until then whoever you follow or indeed if you're likely to become the next leon manager please let us know uh, until next week my thanks to jez enjoy your french football and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>